Get fast, reliable speeds at home and on the go with internet and mobile from Xfinity. Switch to Xfinity Internet with unlimited data included so you can do more of what you love online. There's no annual contract required, so it's risk-free, and it comes with a two-year internet rate guarantee. Plus, when you add Xfinity Mobile, you'll get connected to the fastest mobile service, and you'll get major savings. Go to Xfinity.com faster, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm Valeria and I'll be hosting this series. Each episode will have a special guest who will share their story of success as well as their career advice and industry insight. Today's guest is Sean Garrett. Sean Garrett is a licensed esthetician who will be sharing some of his skincare knowledge with us as well as his career advice. We'll also be discussing how he is using social media to grow his career in the aesthetics industry. Welcome, Sean. I'd love for you to start us off by sharing how you decided to become an esthetician. I kind of started my career wanting to work in fashion, and that was kind of where I always saw myself. I was always really interested in design, and I wanted to work with magazines and things like that. I moved to New York, and I kind of (laughs) tried the fashion thing, and it didn't really work out and my interests kind of changed and so I moved into um, the beauty space by kind of working at a few beauty counters and some spas and I found myself really enamored kind of like with makeup and so I became a makeup artist and I was doing that for about two to three years and when I moved to LA I kind of found myself kind of gravitating more towards skincare And I would always educate my clients about how skincare was um, important for great makeup and just how to take care of their skin. And then something kind of clicked that it was something I should do. And I decided to go to esthetician school and get licensed. So you've kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything. Yeah, for sure. Jumped around a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure that lended itself towards getting more experience and everything. Yeah, definitely. So are you based in LA now? No. So right now, I am I went to school in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to go to school in Atlanta because they had really like the highest training hours. And it was a school that I really wanted to go to. And um, so I did like a thousand hour course. It took me about a little over a year to complete. And then I'm from Maryland, so I moved back to Maryland to kind of be with family for a little bit. And then this fall, I'll be in New York uh, permanently. What were some of the differences you found um, in the fashion industry and then the beauty and skincare industry? They honestly kind of go hand in hand. I feel like the beauty and skincare industry kind of mimics a lot of the fashion industry. There really aren't like big disparities I just think for skincare it's kind of easier to kind of find your lane and kind of um, get into the industry where fashion it's very tight and kind of closed off and you really kind of have to like break through certain walls and barriers to kind of excel in fashion and skincare it's a little bit more open and more loose yeah I can see that do you work in a spa currently yeah so currently I work in a spa um Hopefully next year, I plan on either working under a dermatologist, which is really kind of what I want to move in my next step. Um, I love the spa environment, 
but I'm also kind of wanting to move into more of a medical setting just to learn even more about skin, um, diseases and disorders, um, more kind of advanced aesthetics. And hopefully one day I'll have my own kind of skincare studio. Yeah, that's amazing. What's like a typical day of work for you like? Typically, I try not to overwork myself. When I first started, I used to try to see like eight to nine clients a day. And when you're doing that four to five days a week, I feel like you get burnt out really quickly. So now I keep my days pretty short. So I'll kind of do like maybe six to seven clients, five at the least. And um, I just come in, I look at my day, when I see my clients, kind of like the list of my clients, if I have a regular, you know, I'll just catch up with um, what we did last time and kind of see if we made any improvements, anything changed with their skin, any new medications they may be on, just kind of getting an overview of what happens with their skin since our last treatment. And then if it's a new client, um, I always spend about 10 to 15 minutes for a consultation, just kind of seeing where their skin is what kind of routine they follow, and really what their overall goals are so that I know what I can offer and then so we can be clear on what to expect, um, like realistic results from our treatment. Mm -hmm. For each new person, I'm assuming you find different treatments that work for them? I have like an introductory facial that I'll do. Mm -hmm. And that's really just kind of to introduce, especially if the client is new to treatments, um, I kind of just do like a basic advanced like hydrating facial because everyone really can use hydration. Most of my clients that I see are dealing with hydration issues or um, usually acne kind of breakouts. So I always really start with a hydration facial and then that way I can really kind of analyze the skin, kind of see how it reacts to products and exfoliation and then we kind of go from there moving forward. What is some advice you would give to someone to find the right esthetician towards them? Like maybe some things they should be aware about or some questions they should have when they first mm -hmm. are looking for an esthetician. Does that make sense yeah so that's a really good question because I get this question a lot a lot of my clients especially because of social media are from out of town so since I'm in Maryland a lot of my clients come from Virginia or they'll come from DC or even Philadelphia to come see me and I also get people from like California or Texas and they're always asking do you know an esthetician in my area what should I look for I really think that when you look for an esthetician you want to kind of interview them like you want to like you would do your doctor you want to make sure that they're educated on skin that they're not super treatment happy so you want to make sure they're not doing like too advanced of things when you're first seeing them like the first time I see a client I'm not going to automatically do microneedling or dermaplaning Mm -hmm. because that's not really suitable for every client. So you want to make sure that your esthetician is, one, licensed, um, two, that they're following just sanitation protocols, make sure that, you know, that the area that you're in is clean and that it's nice, and honestly, that your esthetician really takes and interest in investing in your skin. You know, you don't just want to go to somebody who's just quick to give you like a quick treatment and have an in and out. You want to build a relationship with that esthetician because then that's someone who you can go to when you're having skin issues and someone that you can refer to. That's great advice. And I think through your social media, which is originally how I found you, you have like a really great presence. And um, oh, thank you. Yeah, you give really helpful advice. So I think 
the fact that a lot of these people are using social media now has changed mm-hmm. um, the industry a little bit to where now they can communicate on an even deeper level. Yeah. I mentioned your social media. You have a steadily growing client base and following, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. When did you decide to use platforms like Instagram and Twitter to share your expertise and um, some of your favorite products? I've always kind of had like an Instagram, but I've never honestly been like a super social person. Like I'm a Virgo and I'm very to myself. I'm Mm -hmm. very reserved. So I've never been really into like sharing a lot of my life, especially on like Instagram. But I started posting skincare, I would say like summer of 2017. And it was right before I started going to aesthetic school. And I kind of started to meet like a lot of people, um, like other influencers and skincare bloggers, and it really kind of pushed me. And when I started school, I wasn't able to keep up with it. And that was kind of like disappointing because it was really kind of like a platform, you know, to kind of express myself and really show things that I love. But I'm glad that I kind of took the break when I started esthetician school because when I came back to Instagram, I had so much more information and knowledge to share with my audience. And I feel like it made my social media presence kind of more, it kind of just made it more helpful. So instead of just saying, oh, I like this product because, you know, it's feel good and it's hydrating. It's like I can now break down every ingredient in the product and tell you why it's good for you, why it's not good for you, how to incorporate it in your routine. And I think that just kind of helped build my, just like my follower base and people just started to trust my opinion. And then they referred me to others and others and others. And it kind of just grew like that. I think it's really helpful for people because I mean, these days there's so many bloggers recommending products and I think people kind of just believe it blindly. But when you have someone who's you know, licensed and studies this and Mm -hmm. works in this every day sharing their advice, it kind of makes more sense as to, like, why you should listen. Yeah, and it's also, you have to be careful of the people who you take, um, like, product recommendations from. Like, if they honestly aren't licensed and not saying that you have to be licensed to refer a product, but if it's someone who has, like, a huge following and they're being paid to share a product, you want to really investigate that product to make sure that this person is actually speaking facts about something that they're sharing. And I I don't think I've done any sponsored content yet. Um, I definitely get products sent to me really like with no strings attached. Of course, you know, brands want you to share and kind of review their products, but I never got paid to write a review or anything like that. And I think that also kind of helps my audience trust me more because I'm not gaining anything from it other than really just the trust of the people that follow me. Definitely. And so with me having an aesthetics background, I can really dissect a product and really tell you if it's worth the money, if it's not. And there have been many products I've loved that are (laughs) super expensive, but it's like, can I really recommend this for someone? Like, even though I love it, is it like a necessity? So I also think about that too. You know, I want to make sure that people aren't just wasting their money on a product and that they're really investing in good skincare. Um, Speaking of skincare products, what are some staples in your routine? And then what are some things that you stay away from and you advise others to stay away from? 
So two staples, they're not even products, they're just two steps. So mm-hmm. with every client or anyone who asks me really like skincare advice, I always say exfoliation and hydration are kind of the two main points in your routine that you want to focus on. And before you do exfoliation, you really want to make sure that your hydration is on point and that your skin barrier is not compromised. I think a lot of people kind of jump into chemical exfoliants or even physical exfoliants and tend to overdo it because they think the more they exfoliate their skin, the more it's going to um, look better and it's going to be refresher and it's going to get rid of acne and all of these things. And that exfoliation does help with those things. But if you have a compromised skin barrier and your skin is dehydrated, Everything that you do on your skin is not going to be effective and it's going to make your skin more sensitized and it's really just going to make everything worse. So you want to make sure that your hydration levels are good, that your skin barrier is intact and that when you add exfoliants in, that you're doing it slowly and not overdoing it. I never really advise anyone to use a chemical exfoliant more than three times a week and that would be like a... AHA, so like a glycolic, a lactic, um, a mandelic, but really glycolic because that can be really irritating. But in my routine, I use um, a product from Polish Choice, which pretty much everyone knows that I love and I recommend all the time. Um, it's the Skin Perfecting 2% BHA Liquid. Now, that's a exfoliant that you can use every day because it's in a hydrating base and it's a salicylic acid. So it's not really exfoliating the top layer of your skin. It's really kind of like a treatment for the pores and that really kind of unclogs and really kind of helps with congestion and acne. And then although I use that every day, I always make sure the rest of my routine is super hydrating and super nourishing. Awesome. So those are two staples for me. It's definitely exfoliation and definitely hydration before anything. And how often would you suggest, like if someone, let's say they found their esthetician and they really like them, how often do you recommend people to come and see you? So a lot of my clients usually see me every three to four weeks. So I usually say like about once a month to come in for your facial. And I think people kind of Um, misunderstand what facials are. I mean, they definitely can be transformative and they can change your skin, like honestly, overnight. It could fix a lot of issues depending on what treatment that you're doing. But honestly, facials are meant to be maintenance. So I'm seeing your skin one day out of 30. So the other 29 days is up to you and how you keep up those results. So really, facial is like, 10% and then your home care is the other 90% of your routine. So that's why I always have my clients who have specific issues. I do treatments targeted to treat those issues in the treatment, but then I also put them on a home care regimen and a home care plan so that we can keep up those results and that you can see progress in your skin every month that you come in and see me. And one thing that I found really interesting about you is that not only do you work in a spa, but you also do virtual consultations. Is that correct? Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about how that works? So with the virtual consultations, I started them because I get a ton of questions about skincare on um, social media. And 
it's really hard to recommend products if I don't know the history of your skin. So if I don't really know why you're breaking out, I can't see your skin, I can't touch your skin in person, it's hard for me to give you targeted recommendations for your skin. Because you can think it's one thing, and then you tell me that, and then I recommend you a product, and it can make it even worse. So with the virtual consultations, I kind of created it really to be like a to create a skincare routine and a home care plan for people who really don't have a skincare routine. So it's not meant to be the end all be all to help your skin, but it's meant to kind of help you build a foundation to put you on a path to a good skincare routine and then also recommend professional treatments that can help you aside from your home care and really just kind of put you on that path to a good and healthy skincare journey. I think that's pretty cool how to see how technology is like kind of changing a lot of different careers and providing people with opportunities to reach bigger audiences. Yeah. So on this podcast, we discuss a lot of career advice. And because mm-hmm. I follow you on Twitter, I did see that you recently tweeted about getting a raise at your job. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who feels that they deserve a raise or a promotion, whatever profession they might be in? but is Mm -hmm. unsure of how to approach their boss or the situation. So the way I went about my raise, I've kind of been at my spa for almost a year, about nine months now. And this is uh, actually my second raise since I've been there. And I felt confident enough that I deserved more money because there were, I think, two other estheticians, including me, so there were three all together. But I kind of took the role on as the lead esthetician. So I do a lot of um, the organizing. I plan our brands meetings with vendors. I make sure our products are ordered. I pretty much took on that role because I'm just someone like I have to have like structure in order for me to work properly. And I also, I saw the most clients. I have the most retail sales. So I felt confident enough in my work and my worth to bring that up to my bosses and they completely agreed. So I think you really have to be confident in your work and also understand what you bring to the company or to the business that you're working for. You know, just because you've been there for a long time and you've been like a loyal employee doesn't necessarily mean that you deserve a raise. It really is about what you add to the company and how you've helped them elevate and what you bring to the table and how you can continue to help them grow. Because the more that you feel supported in your job, the better you're going to do. And so I think that's also a conversation with the people that you work for. If they don't see your worth, then it might be time for you to leave. But if you truly are adding and helping elevate the space that you're in, always feel comfortable about asking for more. Always know what you're worth and what you deserve. That's awesome advice. Can you tell me what is the most difficult part of your job or maybe something that people would be surprised to know about? I'd say the most difficult is setting realistic expectations for clients, Um, especially my clients who come and see me about hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation is something that It's hard to treat because it's something that's kind of start from like the cells of the skin. Like honestly, you can do something to your skin 20 years ago and then 
it'll just be coming to the surface now, especially with things like sun damage. Those things take time to treat. So it's not going to be like one or two treatments and your skin is going to be even. You'll see improvements for sure. But sometimes with hyperpigmentation, especially things like sun damage, that can take an entire year to get your skin to a place where you feel like it's where you want it to be. So I think setting realistic expectations and having the trust of my clients and building that trust is probably one of the hardest things. But once, like after one treatment, my clients kind of see the results, not overall results, but they see enough improvement in their skin to where they trust me and they trust my recommendations and we can build that relationship. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can see how trusting your client to be patient and then trusting the esthetician to like know what's in your best interest is super helpful in the whole process. And also like being patient, (laughs) um, you know, starting out in like any type of service industry, because I mean, that's basically what I do. I service clients Mm -hmm. at their service. And it can be hard because the way you're paid is, you know, if you don't work, if you don't see clients, you don't get paid. And starting out, you're not going to be super busy. So you want to kind of have that patience and that steadiness to kind of see it through. Because it is really hard. Like when I first started, I was barely making any money. And I would say within like two months, I was able to build my books. And now I know consistently that, you know, I'll be making the money that I want, but it definitely takes time. Yeah. So what is it that kind of like helped you through those months where things were really slow, you were just starting out, like what kept you from like, jumping ship to another job? I think I had to put realistic expectations. And then also um, finding like mentors and people in your industry that you can trust. So I was friends with other estheticians and also my instructors from school. You know, I would always keep in contact with them and share my concerns and kind of my frustrations. And they will always just give me the advice that I needed. And it really just kind of motivated me to kind of find other ways to market myself, be more personable with clients, make sure I'm sharing as much knowledge as I can. And also on my social media, doing things like my virtual consultations or doing skincare threads, being more active on my Instagram. So it kind of just brought more traffic to me. And I was able to really build my book within about two to three months. So it was consistent enough where I felt like, okay, like I can continue to do this. But it's definitely, definitely work. It's definitely hard. What are some things outside of skincare that um, you enjoy? Honestly, um, skincare is like my life. <laughs> like it has <laughs> taken over my entire life. And I think that's the one thing that I do have to learn, especially when you're kind of someone who's building a new business. It's like you have to take the time to kind of do things that you enjoy outside of your job. Um, because like even on my off days, like I'm in my you're office yeah. doing skin consults or I'm finishing up treatment plans or I'm researching new products, things like that. But um, honestly, just spending time with my family. I love art. I love interior design. So I just love kind of manifesting my future by just looking at inspiring things. So I always just try to really just kind of motivate myself to keep going and looking at inspiration that kind of will fuel me to work even harder, but also kind of look forward to like the life that I really want. 
Yeah, I think that's awesome. And it's not necessarily a bad thing that you're super into your job. It's obviously something you care about as well. Yeah, and it's something that like I kind of internally struggle with a lot because at one point I did start to kind of get burnt out at work because I was working so much and I got to the point where it was like I didn't want to be in the spa and I felt like that was a signal that I kind of need to step back and so I took like a week and a half off and I went to LA and I just hung out with my friends did nothing skincare related nothing like work related I just kind of relaxed caught up with my friends and then I did it again um, a couple months ago I went to Atlanta to see my family so it's like I'm trying to incorporate more of those kind of like breaks and de-stress where I'm not working as much. I'm naturally just a workaholic anyway. <laughs> so yeah. it's something that I'm always going to have yeah, I a like internal battle with. Definitely. And I think it's really important for not just people who are workaholics, but like students, just anyone like mm-hmm. who's always doing something, even if like you might be super passionate about it, but gets to a point where sometimes like if it's not fun you need anymore, that mental break yeah, from and it everything. ends up helping you to yeah. have that time off. So Good, good that you mentioned that. Finally, I would love for you to just um, end this off with some final words of advice, skincare or work-related, like career advice. Mm-hmm. And then if you could tell people where they can find you on social media. So my advice to anyone who's interested in skincare as just like a consumer or as a client would definitely be to research the products that you're using and you really want to stay away from things that are super fragrant that have essential oils um trying alcohols you really just want to research what you're using on your skin and make sure that it's not going to harm you or cause any irritation because there are a lot of products, especially a lot of natural clean beauty products that include a lot of essential oils that end up irritating your skin more. So for like clients and consumers, just do your research. Polish Choice has an amazing blog that you can really look up any ingredient, any product, and it'll list and break it down super well. And so you're always informed about what you're using. And then for other estheticians, I'm still new as well. Like I've only been working in the field for about a year and a half now, but I've worked in the beauty industry for a while. And I'll definitely say that just being transparent about everything, not trying to sell your clients a dream, but just being realistic and honest about your abilities as an esthetician and also their expectations of you as a client. I think that's super important. And then also to hone in on your crafts. Like I'm an esthetician, but I don't really do waxing. I don't do lashes. I don't do microblading. Skincare is what I chose to do, and that's my lane. And I think if you want to do lashes, you should completely do that. If you want to do brows, you should completely do that. But I don't want to be the jack of all trades. I want to be the master of my trade. So I always give advice to just figure out what lane you want to do and stick to that. But for my social media, you can find me on Twitter, and that's at St. Garrett. And on Instagram, it's just my name, Sean Garrett, and then Sean Garrett Skin is kind of my aesthetics page. But Sean Garrett is my main page, and you'll find all my skin tips, videos, product reviews, all that good stuff. 
Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate your time and I learned Thank a lot. You. <laughs> and um, I think everyone else who listens will enjoy it as well. So I appreciate I hope it. So. Thank you to Sean for being a part of our podcast today, and thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us in our next Office Chats episode. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.